Hey everyone, welcome back to the Here's Why pod. I'm Chuck. It's so nice to be back. I know my upload schedule has been a little goofy uh, lately, probably for most of this year, <laughs> um, which I expect again to be more streamlined pretty soon. It's just been hectic, you know, since the new year, it's been it's been a crazy couple of months or a month and a half rather. So, you know, bear with me. Uh, my guest today is an awesome human. She's a speech pathologist uh, with a background in psychology. And she, like many people, uh, have been rather opinionated and very vocal about uh, their stance on certain ways that we kind of approach things as a nation over the last few years. Um, and I wanted to get her on to, to have her take on, you know, some of the school's approaches uh, to certain things. I don't know if I should say it out loud. That's the thing. Like within the interview, um, you know, we say those quote unquote forbidden words uh, a number of times. Um, but I, I don't know. It's weird. And that's kind of brings me to my point, which is the way that we approach this, you know, censoring so many people or even just controlling speech, controlling the verbiage and the usage of certain words, whether it's on social media or not, was just very bizarre to me. So this over the last few months, I've been kind of uh, searching for people who do share those ideals and, and, and those same opinions and trying to kind of get their take on it. But, you know, there's the overwhelming majority of people who do think like this are, are fucking normal people, you know? And, and I think that's kind of the most unfair thing that I notice is that people with, with these opinions were labeled, um, horrible things, you know, terrorists and, uh, conspiracy nuts or whack job, whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And it's just not true. You know, and there's a lot, there's a lot of those types of people out there. Don't get me wrong, but there's, there's whack job conspiracy theorists on, on any, uh, at any point in the human spectrum, there's going to be kind of crazy people and they do exist in this regard too. But for the most part, at least what I've noticed, these people are normal. And, uh, I think it's tragic the way that they were treated and, um, I think they kind of got the short end of the stick for, for the better part of the last few years. So I was really excited to get her on. Her name's Jamie. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear the interview. If you don't like hearing talks between two awesome people, you might hate this. So tune out now. Um, but if you're into that kind of thing, you know, stick around. And I hope you enjoy the show. And we'll see you on the other side. Hi. It's working. So nice to see you again. How are you? Good. How are you? Terrific. Um, I I think I'm gonna record uh, like a brief synopsis before, like for before our interaction, just so so I can tell people kind of what you do in my own words. But um, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. I'm I'm really excited <laughs> to actually do this in a way that uh, is not so frazzled. Like, <laughs> yeah, I you know I noticed. Um, you know, obviously I follow a lot of your social medias and you're, you're really big on parenting and like kind of, I guess what would be considered an unorthodox way of parenting, which is strange to me because, um, everything that I see you doing, I, I don't know how to raise kids. Like I don't have any kids, you know, but, <laughs> um, you seem to be approaching parenthood from like a very, uh, kids said like focus on the kids and give them what is good for them as opposed to like giving them what someone else thinks is good for them does that am i making sense yeah that yeah absolutely that's exactly actually how i parent because I, well have all the experience i have as a speech therapist 
um, on top of the babysitting and nanny, et cetera. Um, definitely like a child led focus type of parenting style. Um, and especially growing up, you know, my parents were kind of like, um, they did the best with what they could with what they had. They were young parents. Um, but a lot of quit your crying. Nobody wants to hear that, you know, that kind of thing. And I always remember being really sad about that because if you can't share how you feel with your parents, who can you share it with, you know? So sure. Especially because like them to be able to come to me. Of course. Yeah. I mean, your home, God, especially right now, like home should be a safe haven, I think, for everyone. And, um, you know, especially especially kids, because I mean, every, everyone everyone needs somewhere to go where they can be kind of safe and just be themselves. Um, for sure. I was just having a talk uh, earlier today, actually, with a, a friend of mine about parenting, which is funny because neither one of us have kids. So we're just, like, <laughs> it's so hard. just talking about something that we don't know anything about. <laughs> um, but we, we mentioned, we were talking about how, when we grew up, you know, everything, almost everyone that I know had two working parents, which mm-hmm. hasn't been necessarily traditional in this, you know, country, but it is now. And, uh, we, we I just find it odd that, you know, we were just stuck in school for six to eight hours a day, getting curriculum and, I don't want to use the word indoctrination, but just getting like a lot of influence from what was like government sanctioned. Like the government said Mm -hmm. that this is what's acceptable for kids, but not just acceptable. This is what's required. And, you know, our, our poor parents, you know, they're the ones that are supposed to really be molding us, but they, most of them were working all the time, you know? So it's like, you can't really be too angry with your parents if you find yourself you know, at 23 or 25 or 30, and you still have no idea how the world works. Um, you can't be too mad at mom and dad because they were doing what the institutions told them to do. And they were, you know, the institutions were evidently trustworthy, you know, like these people have my kids best interest in mind. Um, but, you know, I, I look out the window today and we seem to have kind of the, like the most uh, emotionally, and physically incapable society that I think has ever existed. So I'm starting to think those institutions maybe didn't have uh, (laughs) our best interest in mind. What do you think? I know it's funny you say that because I didn't realize that when I was in grade school and even in college, I wasn't really that into politics or I didn't understand much of it at all. And if it wasn't for my father, when I'd come home and share things that I'd learn and he'd give me a, the diff, a different perspective, I would have never known to think the other way. Yeah. So I learned a lot of what I learned because he helped me critically think. And so many parents don't. Like you said, you're just too busy. You're working nine to five. You get home. You have enough time for dinner, you know, change your clothes, shower, get back in bed and do it all over again the next day. So yeah. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And I wonder, you know, I think it might be a little bit too early into the episode to start jumping down rabbit holes, but <laughs> I see I see so many posts about, you know, the people or the entities that started the Department of Education and, you know, kind of uh, spearheaded the whole, how do I approach this, kind of, kind of getting women out of the house and into mm-hmm. a workplace because, you know, before then it was, you know, the men of the house primarily worked and, um, and the wives took care of the kids. Uh, but then if you can get both parents out of the household, 
and get them both working and get them both taxable and then have them, well, you know, don't worry about the kids. Just send them to a government sanctioned school. Big daddy government will take care of them. We know what's best for them. You know, like that's that's kind of how the mm -hmm. whole thing seems to have played out. I don't know. I don't know for sure because I wasn't alive in the 20s. But that seems to be, I mean, once you start kind of connecting those dots, it's almost impossible to think to think otherwise, you know, like you, yes. you just you kind of see the dominoes bumping into each other. And it's like that just makes sense, you know, and hopefully I'm wrong, but that's kind of I, I don't know. It makes sense to me. It, it's so true. And then as a mother, because I always knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a stay at home mom. Both of my parents worked so much, I never saw them. And, you know, one would work the night shift, one would work the day shift. And then I was always shipped off to babysitters. I mean, they, especially because they were young, so they were going with who they could, who they could afford. Yeah. And I just always remember having anxiety about it. So I always said, I'm going to be there no matter what. And we had all of the plays, all of the, the games, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And, but there's also that conflicting you know, narrative of what moms and dads are supposed to be in this world right now. Yeah. And so I feel this, like, I battle with this shift of, oh, I need to contribute financially and we need two incomes and we need to yeah. save, save, save and send them to college and do all these things. And now I'm like, what if I don't want them to go to college? And yeah. what if I, what, let's open a business for them. You know, like there's so many Men other things a, that we can do. Yeah. Men have... Uh, I guess what what you could be what you could call a financial clock, uh, and yeah. I know this because I, I have one too, and it's it's like it's something that never it's like a little cloud that just sits over your head, and it's always mm -hmm. always on your mind. Like, how much money do I have? How much money do I need? How do I make more money? You know, mm -hmm. uh, if this happens, how much is that going to cost? That's it's always going on in your brain. It's a it's a curse. Um, I forget, but, you know, I that's good to hear because I forget that you know that perspective. So, I mean, you know, I think, yeah, there's a, well, actually that kind of, that's a good segue and this is going to be a loaded question. So there's no <laughs> obligation to answer it or anything, but what do you think about natural gender roles? Do you think they're real or do you think it's, do you think that the whole, um, like the gender roles are a societal thing? What's, what's your take on all that? Just if you want to answer. No, it's fine. I, I really do think that like, I don't know if it's because of how like the world has evolved. I really do think that we kind of need to take a bunch of steps back and go back to the foundation that we started at. Like moms are home to raise and dads are out mm -hmm. there. I mean, it's hard because in my head, if we were to go truly back, you know, we'd be doing like mom and, or the dads, like the farm raising all oh, the yeah. food, you know, doing all of that kind of things. But I know the world is so different right now but um but i don't know i do think that the mom needs to be there to you know nurture and take care of there's there's so many things as a mom right now with my small children that i'm still battling the world against like sleeping in the same bed as your kids when they're babies i was so scared to do that with my first with my second this makes sense why your small small little human it doesn't make sense to put them in a totally different room when they're still sure. so dependent on you for yeah. food, comfort, soothing, all of that. And yeah. I don't know. It, and also time. You only have so much time with these little babies. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just, it is loaded. There's so much that you could. I know. I know. And it's, 
Yeah, especially, you know, as as I mean, as a parent, I think once you once you get any parent talking about their kids, they can probably go on forever, which is totally understandable. <laughs> um, again, you're talking to a guy that has no kids. So for me, this is like this is good for like note taking, I guess I, I need to I need to learn all this. But to your point, you know, kind of going back in time, taking a few steps back, uh, there was a quote the other day that I heard from uh, Jordan Peterson, and he said something to the effect of, uh, you know, you need you need liberals. You need a liberal mindset because sometimes you need to do something new. You need to try something new. Like sometimes that's necessary. And you need conservatives because sometimes you need someone to say, hey, let's do what has worked for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And you need political discourse to to be able to decide what is the best move for right now. And it's it's a really good I think it's a really good approach and it's a really responsible approach to the whole kind of socio-political like back and forth. Cause I'm telling you, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of like ping-ponging back and forth uh, and just getting, getting so such high octane emotions are involved with those. It's you're always scared of something. You're always angry about something. You're always, you know, sad about something. And these are just, those types of emotions make people very malleable and it's it's easy to manipulate someone mm-hmm. if they're stuck in one of those mindsets, you know. So I think that frame of mind or that frame of thinking is like that approach is really what we need a little bit more of right now. But I think we're in a little bit too for me, I think the liberal train has just ran off the tracks. I agree. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's go ahead. No, I was gonna say the same thing. I think that it's kind of like, to me, it reminds me of like my dad, who's very much like, nope, this is black and white. There's no gray area. You need that mm-hmm. kind of part in the parenting, but then you also need like the mom, the woman, the the gentle, the nurturing. I think there needs to be a balance for sure. Absolutely. I agree. Totally have gone off the deep end where now you just, it's comical. It yeah. Doesn't, it's crazy to me. Yeah. And I wonder, so part of me wonders if that's part of the whole like conspiracy too, like, cause you can't, you can't cram so much insanity down people's throats, like, or in such a short period of time without everyone just kind of throwing their hands up, like, wait a minute, this is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, what's going we started, on? we started off talking about like who gets to marry who, and now we're <laughs> teaching third graders how to perform acts that no third grader should ever do. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, this is how the hell did we get here? Right. Um, and, and I, I shouldn't do laugh. Think... And I shouldn't... Sorry. You go. You go. I was just going to say I shouldn't laugh. It's not a laughing matter. You know, I have I've got friends who actually work uh, in administrative curriculum offices where they process a lot of the curriculum. And they the stuff they tell me is just really, really concerning. Again, as a dude with no kids, you know, I'm I'm almost terrified to not necessarily to have them, but like, I don't want my kids in any kind of institution like that. And I don't think anyone who's like really has all their screws in place would, you know? And that's why I think it's so important to kind of like really blow the lid off of this stuff. Even if sometimes it gets blown a little bit out of proportion because people, people need to be made aware of this. Yes. I would say awareness. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't think, I think everybody just, kind of, you know, you're so busy in the day-to-day grind of working and, and providing for your family that you don't think, you would never think that that stuff is going on in the classroom. Sure. And then you see vid- these videos of some of these teachers and the things they're sharing and and, yeah. and the passion that they have while sharing it, and which 
that's great. You have that passion, but don't bring it into the classroom and don't push it onto my children. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And it's yeah, not that I'm totally teaching them to not be understanding of you, but I don't think it's your place to put that information yeah. out there. Yeah. And I also, I also think that most people, if, if they do feel safe and they're in a safe environment, if they see someone that is you know a little bit different than them like in appearance or in affect or whatever i think most humans even little ones well i think most people would kind of just respect that person like okay this person looks a little bit different than me but they seem to not mean any harm so right. you know i'm gonna let that person exist although younger younger kids can be a little hard with that <laughs> like i mean I, I i used to stare a lot i i remember that's one memory from my childhood where I, like my mom would have to hey don't <laughs> Don't stare at people, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that is, I've been in situations like that and it's tough because you want to word it correctly, but then even sometimes the correct way to word it isn't okay with that person. It's, it's so individualized that you're never really doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, um, speaking of like individual kind of, I guess, kid raising, <laughs> um, as a pathologist, I kind of want to get into this a little bit. Um, you know, you're a speech pathologist. You work with children, I imagine. Um, do you get into any of the, like, psychology in your training uh, of kids at all? Or is that involved or what? So for me, before I um, went to school for speech, to be a speech therapist, I was a psychology major. I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology. I wanted oh, to be a school psychologist. And then I just wasn't sure. Like, right when I got out, I'm like, oh, I need a break. So I yeah. taught preschool and um, then I met a speech therapist and I thought, you know, I think I, that's more for me. Um, and at the time to be a school psychologist, you, I pretty much would have had to move from where I lived because okay. there's only one per school or district, whatever. Um, but yes, you definitely get, you get some courses for sure. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's, um, it's somewhat it's not heavily loaded, but I feel like, you know, there's theories out there that you have to study and all of that. Um, sure. But more um, kind of a how-to kind of to work with the, the child that you have, you know, behavioral, was, more behavioral. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I bet a lot of it probably comes in um, like with the one-on-one -on -one time uh, with the kid. And the reason that I bring this up is because you've been very vocal on your social media about uh, the way that we approached the COVID deal and vaccine requirements and, you know, mandates, masking in schools. And I wanted to kind of get your take, if you could put it in a nutshell, what kind of impact do you think these mandates have had on kids uh, over the last few years? Um, do you think the damage is permanent? Uh, if so, if not, like, what do you think, as far as damage control goes, what do you think parents are going to have to do if if their children have kind of suffered some some unfortunate consequences from the mandates oh my gosh That's another, again, so, another loaded question Sorry. yeah there's so many i think it's significant their early intervention is key these children they're going to be constantly catching up okay they're catching up even with the services um i'm thinking of children with autism who aren't able to communicate their wants and needs. So their level of frustration is high to begin with because parents often aren't aware of what they're seeing. 
Um, some parents I've talked to have been on wait lists for several years before they were even getting the diagnosis. And without wow. the diagnosis, you don't get any services. Um, and then again, they're starting from that point. You know, all the, some two, three, four years have been lost for some of these kiddos to learn language. And yes, that time is absolutely lost. They can't get that back. They can make progress for sure, but for a lot of them, no, it'll never be where they could have been. Yeah. Yeah. And and those are such, this is just speculation because I'm not a psychologist or a doctor or anything like that, but I imagine those are such crucial developmental years, like depending on how yes. old the kid the kids are, you know, so if they kind of don't get, especially with socialization, you know, Jordan, I'm a big Jordan Peterson guy. Um, and as far as just what I picked up from some of his talks, you know, socializing your children at crucial ages, like two, like you're, you're, mm -hmm. he says, I think, I think your kids should be socialized by two, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to put out any misinformation. So if you're listening, feel free to fact check me. It's fine. Um, well, the more the better, but, for uh, sure. Mm -hmm. yeah, it was probably very scary for most of them. It was probably very confusing. And, you know, those, again, those emotions, it makes people very easily manipulated. And it just, it gives me the heebie-jeebies, the whole way that we approach things. And there's so much coming out now about how, uh, I think it was a Cochrane review where Cochrane is like the global standard for um, like evidence-based medical research. Mm -hmm. And some of their reviews are, are showing that like the masks, whether or not you had one on was, it was probably pretty much useless as far as, mm -hmm. you know, stopping transmission. And so many people were already saying that, like so many doctors and scientists were saying that almost from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, and those people were like shunned and, People were labeled. saying like that I was um, basically murdering people by sh telling people not to wear them because oh I was God. putting them in a, a situation where they could get COVID and die. I mean, yeah. that's extreme. Yeah. And then to find these studies. It is, it is very extreme. It's very extreme. Yeah. And I, you know, I was thinking about this earlier because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't have any more headspace for more negativity. You know, we talked earlier about how the news is just always something crazy. So I'm just trying to give people the benefit of the doubt these days. And I just can't imagine, you know, like I personally, to get a little personal here, there were members of my own family that were calling me a Nazi. And then there were mm -hmm. people who have known me for, you know, 20 plus years saying that I was like a, a danger to democracy or a yeah. domestic terrorist. And those are extreme accusations you can't just throw those on people especially in like a public venue and then just say oh well sorry we were scared that, that you can't you don't get to do that you know that's yeah. such a grotesque Let's have a conversation uh, first <laughs> yeah yeah that's such a grotesque overreaction and I, I do get it look people do insane things when they're scared you know it's yeah. just it's a kind of a human reaction and again that's my brain trying to give people the benefit of the doubt but i can't help but just be so goddamn frustrated because yeah. because there were so many people trying to trying to warn us of this and trying to put out the extra information and they were just you know shut out totally shut mm -hmm. out by this massive propaganda machine mhm mm i i was thinking during all of it like i was just so confused and i kept no matter how much i questioned it you know they would just kind of shut me down and i still was like just why is nobody saying this doesn't make sense they're just it's like tunnel vision and just do yeah. what they say do what they say and just 
I couldn't understand. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. And yeah, you're really, right. really bothersome. Shun and throw those things out there. I mean, okay, well, how come you're allowed to be scared and follow along your way? Why can't I be scared in my own different way and follow along? And but my way means I'm this ABC horrible names. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's so it's so strange because it was it really wasn't that long ago where almost all of this was none of anybody's business. Like the yes. person that I voted for was no one's business. My mm-hmm. Vaccination status was no one's business. Whether or not I caught the flu this year, like who cares? I don't. I, who cares? Right. <laughs> when did everyone start not only caring about this but like pressing people? Like, what's your? It just it's like Blade Runner or something. Mm-hmm. Like our whole country just kind of flipped over on its head. Even but like I will now say, people are still saying like, if I get a, a cold, oh, do you think it's COVID? Okay, well, did you get tested? Okay, well, even if I did, what does that matter? Like now that we know what we know, why do I need to know that? Yeah. Why do you need to know that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I've I've always almost got excited in a weird way when I do get sick. Like, I, I mean, I hate being sick. Uh, you know, because you miss work, you miss quality time with people, and it's it mm-hmm. feels miserable. But I also, in a weird way, I've always gotten kind of excited because I get to like Netflix and chill for a couple of days, <laughs> and I get to have my body like do what it's designed to do, and I get yeah. really excited because that makes me stronger. And I, you know, I'm I'm big into like training and stuff, so anything that makes this meat machine stronger <laughs> than it is to me is is cool. That's uh, maybe that makes me weird, but you know, whatever. No, but I honestly, I'm very jealous of that because I can't remember the last time I was able to Netflix and chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm sure it's a lot harder with the, with the Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just envious. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, take uh, note. Take note yeah, when, but... you have kids, when you have kids. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I actually have a notebook in front of me. I should have been taking notes this entire <laughs> time. But, um, you know, that that does actually kind of check most of my boxes. And I think a lot of people are going to start kind of having this open dialogue like like we had over the last, whatever, 25 minutes or so. Um, because I think a lot of people are finally now starting to kind of shake it off. You know, they're, they're starting to shake off the, the COVID craziness that we all went through over the last few years. And I think dialogues like this are going to start becoming more and more common which should be refreshing, but that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's part of the reason that I really started going kind of ham with this podcast was because I was honestly desperate for a while, like for just, it didn't make sense to me that people were acting so insane. And I was like, there has to be, I can't be by myself. I know there's more people who think that this is insane. And uh, so, um, so I'm, I'm really thankful that we got to have this talk. I'm glad that you came on. I know you just made me think of when it first started And I remember I went for a walk with my son. He was five months old and I had him in a stroller and it was in Austin, Texas on Lady Bird Lake. And you could go, everybody in the city runs, bikes, walks, whatever, walks their dogs. And I just went for a walk and then I got to the path. There were arrows and they weren't there the day before. And I would, at the time I was walking three times a day for like 45 minutes each with my son because there's nothing else to do. And I'm like, what? I, I didn't understand. They turned it into a one-way. But I still didn't understand really why, because we're outside. Yeah. But I just thought, okay, this is really weird. How are you going to do that when you get on the trail? The only way to go back is to go all the way around, which was more than like 10 miles. Yeah. Um, and this old man, I went the wrong way, because I, I just 
that's not the way I wanted to go. Yeah. He gave me the middle finger. Oh, no. <laughs> and he started screaming at me, but he had a mask on. I didn't, I still didn't know what was going on. And then another guy came, like, turned around and came back after me and gave me another middle finger. I'm like, a mother with a five-month-old yeah. stroller. So I am, I think we have come a long way. Yeah. And I am thankful for these conversations. I was capable of having them all along. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Not to shoot my horn or anything, asked. but uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I told me a different way. I probably would have turned around and it wouldn't have been a big deal, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man, those were weird days. <laughs> Although I'm, you know, there was one silver lining. There was no traffic and that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I almost forgot to mention that this particular guest is involved with something called the Well Box or the Wellness Box or the Patriot Well Box or the Patriot Wellness Box. It goes by a lot of names, okay? Uh, but if you're interested in getting away from the standard sort of traditional chemical cleaning agents and household products that we're all accustomed to using, but shouldn't be accustomed to using because they're really bad for us you should check out the well box it's affordable it uh and this is not a sponsored read by the way um i wish it was so if any of you are listening to this and you actually do end up uh getting involved with the well box tell them that they should sponsor this podcast because they should but anyway uh it's affordable it's good products and they they help out you know good folks at the well box is has been started and is operated by a group of just outstanding human beings uh and they deserve some support and they're doing a good thing you know there's so many chemicals in everything that we use and we shouldn't be using that stuff it's just not good for us it's not good for our bodies not good for our brains so it's something that's worth looking into if you are interested there will be links posted in the description of this podcast wherever you're listening to it or watching um, it's mainly going to be you're, you're going to have to reach out directly to one of these people. That's that's how sort of grassroots this thing is. But don't let the don't let the size fool you because the quality is absolutely outstanding, and I think everyone should be a part of it. So go check it out and then enjoy the show. Thanks, guys.